just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. It is Thursday. Hopefully you're having a good day. Coming down toward the end of the week, a lot of stuff to talk about. I got a lot of emails to read. Just wanted to give you a quick update (laughs) on my situation with my uh, plans to get cataract surgery. I had to go back in today. You know, and I was talking about how it's always some kind of grift when you're going into a doctor's office. You want them to be focused on your illness or malady or whatever, but it's always all about the money. First thing I get in the door, and it's like 70 bucks for the uh, for the uh, copay. Okay, I knew that was coming, no big deal. And they said, okay, now here's the deal. When you have this surgery, you're going to have to dilate your eyes at home before you get to the surgery. I said, okay, cool. Said we've got a bottle of dilation fluid, eye dilation fluid. I said, okay, cool. I figured they'd just give me the thing. It's a tiny. It looks like one of those, those uh, bottles of uh, super glue. You know, it's just tiny. And uh, she says that's going to be thirty-five bucks. I thirty-five bucks. The fuck are you talking about? But I paid the thirty-five bucks. So I'm now a hundred and five bucks deep before I get even anything done. So I go through the whole thing. I talk to a couple doctors. I talk to a couple nurses. They take a couple tests. I'm there an hour and a half. At least I'm getting my money's worth, right? <laughs> so as I'm getting ready to go, I talk to a nurse about preparing for this uh, this operation. And it's going to come up on uh, August 30th. So a couple of weeks away. And that's good. The faster, the better. You know, they're saying, are you worried about this? You're worried about it? No, I'm not worried about it. I've done it before. I trust you. I know you're a good doctor. Let's just get this motherfucker done. And so as I'm sitting there just getting ready to leave and they're going through all the processes and procedures, I've got to get a uh, pre-op physical, which is fine. That's typical. And I have to get it within the two weeks before I have surgery, obviously, which isn't a problem. Got that all set up. We're ready to go. And then she says... Okay, now here's the deal. You're going to have to take some eye drops before, a week before you come to surgery. I said, I I, I got the drops, the dilation. No, 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 these are different drops. And she explains to me what they do, and I, I don't fucking even know or fucking care. I just want the surgery. So she says, here's the deal. You got three different eye drops, <laughs> and you got to put each one of these eye drops in both, or in your eye, um, four times a day. Well, that sounds like a lot of fucking work. And I'm going, you got three drops. It's got to go in my eyes four times a day for a week prior to the surgery. Okay, whatever it takes, I will do that. And she says, I got a special deal for you here. Now, it's really kind of a pain in the ass. Now, I'll send this to your pharmacy and you'll get the three drops and you can go ahead and do that. But... You know, we're a big, big clinic here, and we're well-known, which they are. He said, we have a special factory that makes these drops, but they mix them all together. It's specially done. Nobody else could do it. They are the only ones that did it. And and, and here's what it'll go. <laughs> we're going to take all three of those drops that you'll get from your pharmacy. You can forget about that. It'll all go into one bottle. So now you only have to squeeze this in your eye four times a day, but only one bottle. Oh, cool. That sounds like it's easier. And they go, and it's only $90. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? I got, you want me to put $90 into one set of uh, eye drops, and I've already got 35 bucks in eye drops. And I said, what's it going to cost me if I get all three and it goes to uh, my, uh, my pharmacy? He said, well, it'll be cheaper. Depends on what, 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 what you normally pay. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, I'm going to pay maybe 30 bucks as opposed to 90 bucks. Now, I'm not cheap. I just, I just don't like the whole 
the whole sense of this, that I'm constantly being upsold by a fucking doctor, for Christ's sake. So I said, fuck it, just send it to my pharmacy. I'll get it. I'll tough it out. It's one week. I'm going to get my surgery. We'll get it done. Now, I will say this clinic is very professional. They know their stuff and they're very well regarded. My wife had her surgery there, so I feel completely comfortable. I don't have a problem with it. But I think now that I've got all this stuff, I paid them. I paid them the uh, deductible, which is like 2500 2700 something like that. They're all done. They're all ready to go. Now, all I have to really do is put these drops in for a week leading up to it and uh, get my damn surgery. But, man, this whole process is a lot of work, and it ain't cheap. You know, I remember the old days when I had had uh, health care. You walk in, didn't pay a penny. They did whatever you needed to do. They gave you... Uh, uh, prescriptions, and then I go into my uh, pharmacy, and they charge me like five bucks a prescription. It was simple. It was easy. Not anymore. I've got to pay closer attention come November when the enrollment period is up, because I had no fucking clue what I was getting into. I figured I'm paying a lot, so it must be good. Apparently, that's not the case. You have to pay attention. And I'm not great at paying attention, but I can assure you this next time around in November, I'm going to be fucking paying attention. And with any luck, I'll be able to see out of my left eye once we get this cataract situation squared away. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm telling you this. It just annoyed me. So I thought, fuck it, I'll tell you guys. And since I already told you about it yesterday... I figured I'd keep you up to date. So now there's really not much more to talk about until we get to the surgery, and I'll let you know how it goes. And they said, well, you know, you have to be careful of this, and you should do this. I said, look, I can't see out of the left eye. Best case, I'm going to be able to see out of the left eye. All is good. Worst case, I won't be able to see out of the left eye. But I already can't see out of the left eye, so I don't have a lot to lose. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I get that. That's kind of a crazy comment, but I was just trying to get the fuck out of there. Anyhow, (laughs) there we go. Mike's update on his cataract. This is really compelling shit on this podcast. I'm telling you, you get only the, the, (laughs) the important information. I've got some emails. Let's talk about them. Those are always important. I always care about what listeners have to say. First one comes from Ted. He says, Mike, looks like your prediction is coming true. The repubs are cutting spending in support of several of the MAGA loonies who won primaries. See the Washington Post article. It's happening just like you said. What he's talking about, and and, and I've got a longer story. I did look at the Washington Post article that he sent me. And I think I've got something uh, that I looked at too from the New York Times. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Basically what's happening, uh, the Republican Party is seeing what's going on in like Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz is way behind. Herschel Walker, way behind in, um, in Georgia and some other spots where these crazy Republicans just aren't doing very well. And, um, they're 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 cutting cutting their losses now the republican party they're cutting how much money they're going to invest in those races because they assume they're going to lose and what he's talking about my prediction is is that go ahead let all these donald trump endorses all these crazy fucks run they're going to have a much harder time against the democrats than somebody who is reasonable so i'll talk more about that in a minute minute or two, or three, whatever. I don't even know where it comes up in the stories, but it's coming up. This one comes from Ed. Okay, I found out about that environmental bill, and the only reason Joe Manchin signed on it was because some of the things that he wanted, and that is fossil fuel companies will be getting a piece of the pie. Basically, they can keep putting up wind turbines and solar and all, Uh, all of this, but uh, the catch is that the companies must give up land for fossil mining. Uh, So it didn't do really anything for the environment. Well, I don't know that that's true. I mean, one of the things is they keep talking about you're stopping stopping us from drilling in certain spots. You got to open that up. 
Well, as Joe Biden's told us and some other people have told us, there are all kinds of leases out there that they're doing nothing with. They've got like a couple thousand leases they're doing nothing with. So now they want more places to drill, even though they can't keep up with what they've got. Let's be honest, Ted, you, you, they, they've got to do some horse trading in doing this. Um, I've said this before, you know, because we've got Joe Manchin and because we've got a 50-50 split in the Senate, it's hard to get everything you want. In fact, in most cases, when there are bills, nobody ever gets everything they want because there's always this trading back and forth. I think the bigger reason for this bill to be passed when it was is so that it benefits Joe Biden and the Democrats, showing that they've gotten something done. So in the midterms, they win. And then when they win larger margins in the House and the Senate, well, then they can pass all the other stuff they didn't get in this deal. So they're looking for a win. They're looking for something to campaign on. Not to say this stuff isn't going to do some good. It's going to do a lot of good. There's never been this much money put into climate change before. So that's unprecedented. That's pretty cool. Did Joe Manchin get something out of it? Sure, he did. But with any luck after the midterms, Joe Manchin won't count anymore, and we'll just pass whatever the fuck we want. All right, next one comes from Don. Don says, dude. You read my email on your podcast. I was so surprised. I woke up about 3 a.m., turned on your podcast, and heard you read my email. How cool is that? Thanks for explaining why the intro sounds louder but isn't, and it's not really an issue. Thanks for reading my email. Don, why are you so surprised? I read emails all the time. I read virtually every email I get, unless it's somebody asking about being on and it really doesn't have anything to do with anything we're talking about. But I read everybody's emails. Don, I'm glad you're happy about it, but it shouldn't be a surprise. Send me another email. I'll fucking read that too. Another email that I have. This one comes from Cheryl. Hello, I watched all of your videos on TikTok and listened to your podcasts. I'm a federal employee, and all of this has made our job so much harder. I look to you for some insight to what you think the future is possibly going to be with the Trumpster. If the Republicans take over, they are coming after everything. What will become of our country? Scared in West Virginia. Cheryl, that's your first mistake. You don't go into anything scared. You don't go into anything assuming you're going to win. The Republicans are not going to take over in the midterms, so they are not going to be able to come for anything. Our country is going to do fine. If you're looking at what's going on right now, you're seeing the tide turning, the wind shifting. It's a slow process, but we're headed the right way. I keep arguing with people about this. I'll say, well, polls say the Republicans are going to win in the midterms. Please tell me what bit of evidence tells you the Republicans are going to win in the midterms. Is it when they took the constitutional right away from all the women in this country? Was it when they uh, tried to suppress the votes of people of color? When they're trying to uh, marginalize transgendered folks? When they diss the veterans? which one of those things is going to get them more votes? If you look at this emotionally, or if you look at this historically, yeah, the Republicans are going to win. No, they're not. They can't. There is nothing that's going on that's going to help them win. They've pissed on everybody in this country. Now, of course, there's 30% of this country that will vote for anything because they're fucking stupid. But the vast majority of the people understand what's going on, and they're not liking it. The idea that this group of people were trying to undermine our democracy, that doesn't go over well with a lot of Republicans, by the way. And the thing about it is we don't have to convince or turn a high percentage of Republicans, just a small percentage of Republicans. Remember, in 2020, they won the Senate and they won the House. Joe Biden won by 7 million votes over Donald Trump. Okay, they did pretty well in 2020. 
So tell me what's happened between 2020 and now 2022 that's going to get the Republicans more votes. Nothing. In fact, everything that's happened is going to cost them votes. So where in the world does anybody honestly say, oh, the Republicans are going to win in the midterms? Now, I'm not a prognosticator. I'm not a psychic. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And, of course, the worst could happen. But here's the deal, Cheryl. I always assume the best. And I see the trends the way they're going now, the way the tides are shifting. It's going to get better. It's not going to get worse. And we don't need people whining and moaning and pissing and moaning that, oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be terrible. You are the same folks that told me Donald Trump was going to win in 2020, and I told you he wouldn't. And he didn't. I was the same person that told you the Democrats would win the Senate runoffs in Georgia, and they did. Again, I am not a psychic. I'm not a super brain, and I can be wrong. Trust me. And when I'm wrong here, I will tell you, I fucked up. I'm wrong. I have no shame in that because I'm just a guy. I'm nothing special here. I don't have any insights. The only difference I do is I look at these things pretty deeply and I try to use logic as to what's going to happen, when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. There is nothing that's going on right now that tells me there's any reason to think that the Republicans will win in the midterm. So Cheryl, Don't worry about it. Don't be scared in West Virginia. You could be a little pissed that Joe Manchin is your senator, but don't be worried. It's going to be fine. I mean, your very own senator is getting a little nervous now, so that's why he's trying to make nice with the Democrats and help them sign this um, inflation reduction bill. He knows that when the uh, midterms are over, he's all of a sudden not going to have the power he once had. So now he's got to buddy up with the Democrats again if he ever hopes to get anything fucking done in the future. So relax, Cheryl. It's going to be good. It's going to be fine. All right. This next one comes from Dave. This is a longer one. Hi again. Hope you're doing well. I'm always doing well. Always love and learn so much from your content. You're doing this country a service. Don't ever forget that. Now, That might be kind of a lofty thing to say. I don't know if I'm doing this country a great service. But, you know, even when I was a traffic reporter or when I'm doing this, I hope I'm doing some good, even a small amount. This is just a small podcast. I can only do so much. The listenership is going up every day, and I appreciate that. Thank you for that. But I'm not under any delusion to think that I'm saving the world here. I'm not. But... As somebody who has definite opinions and has a propensity for speaking out, I want to do something. At the very least, when uh, I'm dead and gone and my granddaughter can say, what the fuck happened back in 2020 to 2022? At least my grandfather did something. That's all I'm shooting for here. If we can get a bigger effect on things by getting more people on the Rational Boomer podcast, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to try as hard as I can to do that, but I'm not under any delusions that I'm any great shakes when it comes to change in the world. I'm just one guy and hopefully get a bunch of other people out there to have a similar mindset and they spread it to more people and they spread it to more people. I'm just kind of a, I'm just kind of a shit stirrer here at this point. One thing that troubles me deeply, I think the Republican Party has turned into a cult of personality. Yeah, you think? Of course they have. They That's exactly what they are. Liz Cheney getting her rear end handed to her last night. I think we have gone over the edge, and I don't think we can come back. Do you know Cheryl? I pray we can, but we both know Donnie will be indicted and convicted. But what good does that do for the country? I'm astounded that his followers haven't flown away with him after learning the facts found in the January 6th hearings. What logical person wouldn't? So the deeper Trump digs his hole, what is the silver lining on the cloud? I can't see it. It's like we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. My pops was an analytical chemist and over and I overanalyze everything. Character flaw, I guess. 
I'm 58, and honestly, I can't see the silver lining. No need to answer, but maybe in one of your TikToks, just drop what you think the outcome of all this will be, how the country will get reunited. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Once again, thank you for everything you do. You're a true patriot. Thank you. Standing up for our Constitution and making our country's founders proud. They could have never seen anything like this ever happening. I'm amazed at how much thought that went into the Constitution. Genius people. Anyhow, thank you, Dave. All right, Dave. Here's the deal. They are a cult of personality. Then you ask the question, what logical person wouldn't see what was truly going on? I'll take you back because you answered your own question. Cult of personality. These people aren't thinking logically. They aren't thinking about truth. They're just thinking about whatever's fed to them. That's who they are. What you need to understand, though, is that cult is not that big. It's not 50% of this country like some people think. It's more like 30%. It's a small percentage of this country. Certainly not uh, 50%, and it's not a majority. So it's a small group of people. Now, somebody will say to me, yeah, but Donald Trump got 74 million votes. That's 74 million people that follow Donald Trump. No, that's not. That's not. It's just not. A lot of people vote Republican because that's the way they always vote. They don't care who's running. They just vote. Grandpa did it. Great grandpa did it. Great, great grandpa was a Republican. So that's how they vote. Now, there's been a lot happening since 2020. A lot has been exposed. There are a lot of things that normal Republicans with a reasonable mind can't stand behind. They see the danger of a Donald Trump coming into office or their own Republican Party. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are a good example. There are people like them that support them. So we don't have to convince everybody. We just have to convince um, a small portion in order to win elections. That's what this is about, is winning elections. And that's all we have to do. We don't have to change everybody's mind. We can't change everybody's mind. Those 30% that are there right now fighting for Donald Trump, they've always been there. They've just been quiet because they didn't feel comfortable speaking out. They were under their rocks someplace. Now they're outside their rocks because Donald Trump made it a cool thing to do, at least in their mind. So now they're just more, they're louder than usual. They've always been there. This is nothing new. And those people are a cult of personality. So you're going to ask me, how does this all end up? Well, my answer today is different than it would have been two weeks ago, and that's because of these top-secret documents that Donald Trump has had and all the activity that's going on in New York, all the activity that's going on in D.C., all the activity that's going on in Georgia, and all the situation with the top-secret documents in Florida. Donald Trump has a lot of shit hanging over his head. Bare minimum, one of those things is going to stick. He's going to get indicted. And then the end result from that is, and the most important thing I think right now, take Donald Trump out of the equation. Quiet Donald Trump. Once that happens, we still have problems with Republicans, but that's the first step in tamping all this down. Shut Donald Trump up because he's an idiot. He's corrupt. He's criminal. He incites riots. He incites coups. He's a horrible human being from the core. So first thing, here's here's how I see it happening. Donald Trump gets indicted. He's shut down. He loses his company. He loses his money. He can't run for re-election. I think all of those things are without question going to happen. It can't help but happen that way. With what's going on in New York, his own company is being indicted and they're going to go on trial. The whole Trump organization, now the CFO, Alan Weisselberg, is flipping not so much on Donald Trump personally, but on Donald Trump's organization. Donald Trump's organization will be no more once that trial is over and once Weisselberg starts speaking up. 
He's going to get five, six months in jail in order to speak out against the organization. That company is going to be gone. It's pretty much gone as it is. Nobody wants to deal with a company that's been indicted. The midterms, as I said before, I can't see it going any other way than the Democrats control, continuing to control the House and the Senate. The only thing I'm not sure about, but I'm feeling more confident of, if they can expand their majority in both the House and the Senate. That is the key. Once they can do that, then the Democrats can spend the next two years doing whatever they want, giving back to the middle class if they follow up with what they're saying. Now, when that happens, what's going to happen then is that Joe Biden's stock is going to raise. It's already raised by three points in the last week in the polls. So that's the right trend. His stock is going to raise quite a bit because things are going to start working better after the midterms. People are going to start realizing the benefits of all these bills that Joe Biden has gotten passed. Now, you have to understand, what Joe Biden has done in two years He is the most successful president legislatively in the history of this country. I'm not a huge Joe Biden fan, but I got to respect all the things he's gotten done. It's truly fucking amazing in two years. And very few, if anybody, has done anything like he's done. And that's got to play well with the midterms. And as I say, if the midterms go as I expect, then you're going to see a change in a lot of things. If the Republicans lose in the midterms, you may not see the Republicans really competing to any level for a decade. They've pretty much destroyed their party. And even if they haven't destroyed their party, the party is split in two. And if the party is split in two, they can't beat a unified Democratic Party. And the way that I know that they're split in two is you have the crazies who are now running for election against Democrats and are going to start losing. And then you have the normal group of Republicans who are trying to reestablish themselves as a real party as opposed to what they've become. Liz Cheney is probably looking to be the leader of that party. Adam Kinzinger will probably be in the midst of that. And then a lot of people will be going toward them. And why? Because after the midterms and all of Donald Trump's people fucking lose and the Republicans no longer have power, all the people that have been following the crazies and Donald Trump are going to say, well, that's not working, so I'm not doing that anymore. So I see the Republic, Republican Party attempting to come back together and rehabilitate, but that's going to take a lot of time. That's going to take a lot of time. It's not going to be fixed by 2024. I don't see a Republican. I don't care who's fucking running, Liz Cheney or anybody else. I don't see them winning in 2024, especially if the midterms go the way I expect. I expect you'll have a Democrat. I don't think it'll be Joe Biden. I don't know who it will be. It could be Gavin Newsom from California. He may be the strongest candidate at this point. Whether you like him or not, he is the strongest candidate. Uh, It could be somebody like Eric Swalwell, uh, Katie Porter. Some people want to say AOC. Don't think it's going to be AOC. AOC will just be old enough when the election comes. But she's still too young. And she's too progressive. I don't know if all the Democrats are ready to vote for somebody that progressive. I'd be cool with it. And I think she's very smart. And I think she's very good. I just don't think in 2024 she's ready for a presidency. Maybe 28, maybe 32. Who knows? But not 2024. I don't think AOC is going to run. I'd love to see a woman run. And of the people I know that are Democrats that could run for the presidency, I like Katie Porter the best because she's no nonsense and you don't fuck with Katie Porter because she will tear you down. So that's how I see it, uh, Dave. I see Donald Trump's going to get indicted. The Republicans are going to be torn apart. The Democrats will win the midterms, get wider margins in the Senate and the House. They will be able to pass all kinds of bills, do whatever the fuck they want, because now Manchin will be inconsequential. He will no longer have power, and neither will Sinema. 
They'll have to be more accommodating in order to be part of the crowd that can do them some good. At that point, the Republicans can't do them any good. So what are they going to do? They're going to work better with the Democrats. When all this stuff comes to fruition and uh, all the benefits are realized by the people in this country, the Democrats and Joe Biden are going to be thought of a lot better than even what they're thought of now. And from that point on, when the Republicans have pretty much destroyed themselves, they're going to have to fight like hell to get back. That's what I think is going to happen. Again, I'm not a psychic. I don't know for sure. I'm just looking at the facts. And based on the facts, as I understand it, that's what I see happening. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, before we get into the other news, I just want to give you a a quick promo of what's coming. I've been asking for listeners to be on the show, of course. I've got a number of listeners that have come on the show, and it's always been very successful. Um, Later today, I'm going to be recording a show with a listener by the name of Fred. He was on the show at one time. Great show. He's consented to come back. I'm going to record that with him. Tomorrow I'm going to record one with Ed. So over and above these normal podcasts, you got Fred and Ed coming up. So be looking for that. Well, yesterday was an interesting day down in Georgia. Rudy Giuliani had to testify in front of the Fulton County Grand Jury and Fonnie Willis in spite of the fact he was doing everything he could to slip out of it. He went to court. He kept losing, just like they did during the election, and he had to testify. Now, the interesting part of this, of course, you know, we've talked about this before. Just prior to his testifying, Fonnie Willis identified him as a target And when I say a target, that means the likelihood of an indictment is pretty high after being a target. Now, here's the interesting thing. You would presume being a target and being Rudy Giuliani, the fuckhead he is, that he would go in there and plead the fifth or plead attorney-client privilege, um, which isn't a thing for him in this situation, because even if he could say there's attorney-client privilege between him and Donald Trump, it really doesn't count if there was a crime involved with this. That kind of negates that. But here's the deal. We don't know what he said there, and we will not know what he said, at least for a while, because anything that goes on in a grand jury is a secret. Rudy's not going to tell us. The grand jury's not going to tell us. Fonnie Willis isn't going to tell us. But he did spend about six hours in this deposition. Six hours. Now, there may be many things that he said pled the fifth to or claimed attorney-client privilege, but six hours. This has got to be making Donald a little nervous because it seems like every time he turns around, somebody that was part of his little fucking group is talking about the shit he did. Everybody's throwing Donald Trump under the bus, and I knew this would come. There'll be a point when people are paying too high a price for standing by Donald Trump, and at some point they'll say, fuck it, I'll just tell you what you want to know. I don't want to go to jail. And I'm sure Rudy Giuliani's kind of at that point, too. I don't know if he can save himself from jail or not. He did clearly break the law. Now, what's interesting, Afani Willis also subpoenaed uh, Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina. And, of course, Lindsey Graham tried to do the same thing that, that Rudy Giuliani did and tried to avoid coming and tried to go to court and all that stuff. But he lost. So now it may be next month when he's coming. It might be October. Well, no, maybe it's September. But Lindsey Graham is going to have to talk have to be deposed by Fonnie Willis. And you can bet bet Fonnie Willis is going to do it herself. Now, she hasn't said anything about Lindsey Graham being a target, but I have a feeling she will. Generally, when you're doing this kind of uh, deposition, if somebody's going to be a target, just before they come, she will notify them that they are a target. 
because that might change how they react and how they answer questions. And she has to give him that heads up when he's coming in. So don't be surprised if just before Lindsey Graham comes in to do his deposition in Georgia that she says uh, he's a target. Now, if Lindsey Graham's a target and Rudy Giuliani's a target, most certainly Donald Trump is a target. But because he's the main target, they may not talk to him at all. They're trying to get information from Giuliani and uh, Lindsey Graham about Donald Trump. And if they get that information from them or whatever other information they've gathered, they don't need to talk to this fuck. They know this fuck will just come in and plead the fifth anyway. But pleading the fifth doesn't save you. It just delays things. I mean, you think about this. If you go to court and you have a murderer or a bank robber or a kidnapper or something like that, more than likely that defendant isn't going to testify. Because it just, it does nothing but spells trouble for them. So if you're worried about them pleading in the fifth and they're going to get out of jail for free, that's not the way it fucking works. He can plead the fifth or he won't get interviewed. It doesn't make a difference. The evidence they've gathered around him doesn't require him to talk. He just needs to sit there and fucking take it. And that's what he's going to have to do. Now, I was talking earlier about all the shit that's going on. I mean, Donald Trump's got some serious shit down at Mar-a-Lago with the DOJ. He's got some serious shit going on in Georgia. He's got some serious shit going on with the January 6th committee. You may have heard that the DOJ is sending a subpoena out to get a bunch of documents from the J6 committee because they're looking into what was going on that day in January 6th and what was happening in the White House. So Donald Trump's got a world of fucking trouble hanging over his head, but it doesn't stop there. Donald Trump's chief financial officer is expected to plead guilty to tax violations Thursday in a deal that would require him to testify about illicit business practices at the former president's company. Two people familiar with the matter told the Associated Press. Now, Alan Weisselberg was the CFO of the Trump Organization. He is charged with taking more than $1.7 million in off-the-books compensation from the Trump Organization over several years, including untaxed perks like rent, car payments, and school tuition. So, The situation with Ellen Weisselberg is really about him, but it also has to do with business practices by the Trump organization. Now, as I understand it, he's going to testify against the company, but not necessarily Donald Trump. I don't know what the fuck he's he's being loyal about, but, you know, he's an old guy. He's been with the Trump since daddy Trump. So maybe he does feel like he has some loyalty, but it doesn't really matter because when he testified against the company, that's basically Donald Trump. And after they get done with the company, the company is going to be done. It's going to be defunct. It'll be gone forever, which will be a big problem for Donald Trump. While he may not go to jail in that specific instance, What's going on in those criminal cases and what's going to come out in the uh, civil case with Letitia James, the attorney general, that's going to wake up Alan Bragg, the uh, Manhattan District DA, and he's almost going to have to proceed with an investigation into Donald Trump, even though he's kind of laid back from that. Now, the plea deal would require Weisselberg to speak in court today. This is happening today about the company's role in alleged uh, compensation arrangements and possibly uh, serve as a witness when the Trump organization goes on trial in October on related charges. The people said the two people were not authorized to speak publicly about the case and did so on a condition of anonymity. Now, you have to understand, Weisselberg is 75 years old, is likely to receive a sentence of five months in jail to be served at New York City's notorious Rikers Island complex. 75-year-old, white, rich, Jewish guy 
is going to be in Rikers Island for five months. And he could be required to pay about $2 million in restitution, including taxes, penalties, and interest. The pe- if that punishment holds, Weisselberg would be eligible for release after about 100 days. Time for good behavior, I guess. That's not a long time, but he is 75. And if he's going to give up the Trump organization, they've got to give him something for his testimony. Weisselberg is the only person to face criminal charges so far in the Manhattan District Attorney's long-running investigation of the company's business practices. Seen as one of Trump's most loyal business associates, Weisselberg was arrested in July of 2021. His lawyers have argued that the Democrat-led District Attorney's Office was punishing him because he wouldn't offer information that would damage Donald Trump. Maybe. But you also broke the law, motherfucker. The district attorney has also been investigating whether Trump or his company lied to banks or the government about the value of its properties to obtain loans or reduce tax bills. Former district attorney um, Cyrus Vance Jr., who started the investigation last year, directed his deputies to present evidence to a grand jury and seek an indictment of Trump, according to former prosecutor Mark Pomerantz, who previously led the probe. But after Vance left office, his successor, Alvin Bragg, allowed the grand jury to disband without charges, and both prosecutors, who are Democrats, uh, Bragg said... Uh, Uh, Bragg said that the investigation is continuing. Now, those Democrat prosecutors quit. They were mad. They quit. Uh, And Bragg said the investigation is continuing. They were suggesting that Bragg was canceling it. Well, they can hardly cancel it. If all that comes out in the civil trial and with all the information that's coming out about, about Alan Weisselberg and more importantly, the trial of his company, the Trump Organization. There's going to be shit coming out about Donald Trump, inevitably. So that may spur that that criminal investigation and possible indictment in the Manhattan District for Donald Trump. Let's keep that in mind. We'll be watching that closely. But this is just one of four things just ready to fall on his fucking head. Something's going to get Donald Trump. He's going to get God. It's just a matter of which one's first. And to be honest with you, when the first one falls, the other ones will come a lot quicker and a lot easier. Nobody wants to be the first one. That little search kind of kind of broke some rocks in that avalanche a little bit. It's loosening up. But when that first indictment comes, I guarantee you, you'll get one or two right away after it because they will feel more safe not being the first one to indict a former president of the United States. Now, in a defeat that many of her supporters acknowledged was inevitable, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney, one of former President Donald Trump's fiercest GOP antagonists, lost her Republican primary on Tuesday to a Trump-endorsed opponent by the name of Harriet Hageman. Harriet is an attorney. She's a Trump humper. She's fucking nuts. And and I'll be honest, she'll probably win in Wyoming. Wyoming is incredibly red. I'd hate to be the Democratic candidate there because she's going to be tough to beat, even though she is a fucking nutcase. Now, what you need to understand is that Cheney is a three-term congresswoman representing the nation's reddest state, She crossed the GOP base as well as her Republican colleagues when she voted with the Democrats to impeach Trump for instigating the insurrection on January 6th. The vote cost her spot as the number three Republican in the U.S. House and the speakership she was thought at one time to be eyeing. She said, I will do whatever it takes to ensure that Donald Trump is never anywhere near the Oval Office, and I mean it. Cheney said Tuesday night as she conceded the election, adding, I love my country more than my party. Cheney also served as the top Republican on the House Select Committee. You know that. She's a co-chair. So I'm sure the Republicans are all excited that Donald Trump's endorsee won, 
and uh, they're wallowing in their success there. But what they have to understand is, it's it's weird when you think about it, because Liz Cheney is a three-term representative. That sounds like a lot of time. That sounds like she's been there forever. But you have to understand, uh, reps in the House of Representatives, their terms are two years. So she's a three-term congresswoman. That means she came into office in 2016, six years ago. That's not that long. And she rose up the food chain pretty quickly. Number three most powerful Republican in the U.S. House of Representatives. She was on a number of committees. She was being looked at as the Speaker of the House should the Republicans win. And now, of course, she's on the House Select Committee to investigate the insurrection. So now what Wyoming has basically done, they've taken a very powerful representative and sent her packing, and she'll be fine. She might run for president in 2024. She'll be on TV. She'll write books. She'll do all kinds of shit. So don't worry about her. But what they traded her for was some no-name crazy that's now going to enter the House of Representatives. And keep in mind that Wyoming has only one representative in the House. Only one. That was Liz Cheney, and now presumably it'll be this fucking nutcase Harriet Hageman. But because she's new, she's a freshman, and because she's a crazy, she's going to be hanging out with the likes of Lauren Boebert if she's still there, Marjorie Taylor Greene if she's still there, Paul Gozar. So basically she'll be a loudmouth piece of shit, but not have any power to get anything done. So if Wyoming and the Republicans thought they were doing something, they were doing a disservice to their state. And uh, it's not going to go well for them. She's a nobody. She'll be lucky uh, to just get through her first term. She won't do a second term because they will realize how crazy and stupid she is. By 2024, when she's up for re-election again, All this stuff will come out about Donald Trump, about the Republicans, and all this shit will happen. And she will be part of a crowd that's not well thought of at that point, not even by her base, because she will be made to look ridiculous. So, Wyoming, if you want to do that, that's good. That's cool. You go ahead, do your thing, but you fucked up. And actually, when you think about it, as much as Some Democrats like Liz Cheney right now. She's ultra conservative. She always voted with Donald Trump. She's uh, against abortion and probably against gay marriage. She had a sister that was gay, so there was some family trouble when she spoke out about gay marriage a while back. I don't think she's changed her mind. I think she's just softened it a bit so she can have some peace with her sister. So you're taking this strong leader out of the House of Representatives and replacing her with a dumb fuck. I'm all for that. The more dumb fucks the Republicans have, the better for the Democrats. All right, let's talk about dumb fucks. Former Vice President Mike Pence said Wednesday he'd consider testifying before the House committee investigating the January 6th insurrection if they asked him. Really, Mike? Because I think they have asked you. And you've demurred. You said, no, I can't do that. I won't do that. I mean, this guy had Donald Trump sicking his toothless fuckheads to try to hang him. And he's still being kind of an apologist for Donald Trump. Pence made the remarks during an appearance at a politics and eggs talk at St. Anselm College in New Hampshire, telling the crowd, He'd consider testifying. Sure you would now. Because you know your Republican buddies are going to get buried and you're trying to separate yourself from those fuck-ups now. These people that you sided with all along, Donald Trump, who you sided with all along, now you're trying to separate yourself so that maybe you could run for president in 2024. Sorry, Mike, not going to happen. You got half the Republicans that hate your fucking guts, and you got all the Democrats that hate your guts. You got one small faction of Republicans that might vote for you. 
You have no chance to run for president. You will not be the Republican candidate. So why don't you just go write a book and shut the fuck up? Now, if there was an invitation to participate, I would consider it, Pence said. But you've heard me mention the Constitution a few times this morning. Uh, Through the Constitution, we have three co-equal branches of government, and any invitation that would be directed to me, I would have to reflect on that. Really, Mike, do we have three co-equal branches of government? Well, not when you were in office, because Donald Trump, your Lord and Savior, controlled the DOJ, is still kind of controlling the Supreme Court. So as much as you'd like to say that, that's one of our big problems here because of people like you. We need to get rid of people like you so we can get back to the time when we do have co-equal branches of government. We do not have that right now. We're getting closer with Joe Biden. At least the White House, the executive branch, isn't tainted anymore. But we still have problems uh, with people still inside the DOJ. It's better with Merrick Garland, certainly. But there are still people working in the DOJ that were part of Donald Trump's shit. They should wipe all those people out. And we know, of course, the Supreme Court is absolutely a shit show. Now, they say it would be unprecedented in history for a vice president to be summoned to testify on Capitol Hill. But, and this is what Pence is saying, but as I said, I don't want to prejudge. If ever any formal invitation is rendered to us, We'd give it due consideration. Well, isn't that fucking beautiful? I tell you what, Mike, you know, we we need to take the same tact with Mike Pence as we do with Kim Jong-un. You're not important. We don't care. We're not giving you any oxygen. All right, this is an interesting story, and it's getting a lot of press. The U.S. Department of Justice says releasing details about the warrant used to raid Donald Trump's Florida home last week could cause irreparable damage to its investigation. So what's that mean? It means the Republicans are complaining and ranting and raving and want the affidavit from that search warrant released. It's a court document showing the evidence required to obtain the warrant under wraps. Now, the last thing the Republicans really want is that fucking thing released because it will be hugely damaging for the Republicans when they actually show what the evidence is and who the witnesses are. But, of course, you know, the FBI and the DOJ don't want to release the affidavit yet. You've got people that were... um, testifying under anonymity, and once you release that affidavit, um, they're exposed. And we know that the Republicans are well known for tampering with witnesses, and that's a light way to say it. We know that they're willing to threaten witnesses with their lives. So you can't release that document because of that, not to mention all the investigations that they're doing and all the evidence. If you want to keep the the investigation pure, you don't give out all the fucking information. The idea that that is ever going to happen is crazy. Now, there is a court case today to decide whether they're going to release that because we've got some media people pushing to get that released too because all they care about is clickbait and getting people to watch. They don't care if it's beneficial or harmful to the investigation. But it's going to go to the judge, and in my mind, there's no way they're going to agree to do it. There's just no way. But I'll tell you what's going to happen. As soon as the judge says we can't release it, the Republicans are going to start screaming, see, it's a hoax. It's a cover-up. They're just going to try to talk louder and try to overtalk all the shit they're actually guilty with and uh, try to cover up the things uh, they're guilty about with alleged fantasy guilt for the Democrats. I guarantee you that's how it's going to go. And uh, I'm getting tired of all the bullshit surrounding this situation. I hope somebody gets indicted pretty soon. That will shut up a lot of people. Now, you know, as I've always told you, all you have to do is let Donald Trump talk or take some action, 
and he will fuck it up. And he's thinking on fucking it up again. Now, on Wednesday, CNN reported that former President Donald Trump is considering releasing surveillance footage from his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, Florida, depicting the FBI executing their search warrant. However, his associates are divided on whether this is actually a good idea. Well, of course, it's not a good idea. Did the FBI do anything untoward? No. Donald Trump, if he releases it, will try to say they did and try to try to change the narrative and lie about it, but it won't work. And all the people around him know it won't work. The idea of releasing this is not a good idea. If he wants to, fucking fine. I'll be honest with you, the FBI already has the footage. Remember, they um, got footage from 60 days leading up uh, to the point where they grabbed the stuff up in the search. So this is just typical of Donald Trump making threats, veiled threats that don't count, that he never intends to follow up with. Unless he's pushed, because he's a dumb fuck. If he's pushed, he'll do it and then try to tell you what you see isn't what you see. What I'm telling you is the truth. They'll try that. But, of course, the people around him all know that's just a bunch of bullshit. It's not going to show anything. So, if Donald Trump has any sense, he will not release that stuff. But if he does, great. I don't believe it's going to show anything untoward. He may try to make you believe that, but it's not going to show anything. All right. As we're looking at uh, wrapping up the Rational Boomer podcast, got kind of a funny story for you here. So did you hear that Jared Kushner wrote a book, a new memoir? <laughs> that goofy piece of shit, that treasonous piece of shit. He wrote a new memoir. Unfortunately... People weren't feeling it. It was met with a scathing review from the New York Times, which panned the former White House advisor's book as soulless and lacking in self-awareness. Oh, who would have thought? Jared Kushner is not self-aware. Donald Trump's son-in-law and former advisor describes his four years in the White House, but Times book critic Dwight Garner lamb Basts the memoir as dull, superficial, and self-serving in a strongly negative review of Breaking History published last week by Harper College. Kushner looks like a mannequin, and he writes like one, Garner says. Kushner almost entirely ignores the chaos, the alienation of allies, the breaking of laws and norms, the flirtations with dictators, the comprehensive loss of Americans' moral leadership, and so on. And, and and it's basically about uh, his boyish tinkering with issues he was interested in. See, he's just trying to do that, too. He's trying to change the narrative. Oh, I'm just going to write a fun little book. I'm not going to tell on anybody. I'll uh, grift a bunch of money up front because I'm Jared Kushner. And then when it sells big, I'll make even more money. Sorry, Jared, this one's not going to sell. I guarantee you, you're not going to be on the New York Times bestseller list because they told you, you suck. This book is like a tour of a once majestic 18th century wooden house, wooden house, now burned to its foundation that focuses solely on and rejoices in what's left amid the ashes. The two singed bathtubs, the gavel, gravel driveway and the mailbox, Garner writes, Kushner's fealty to Trump remains absolute. Reading this book reminded me of watching a cat lick a dog's eye goo. <laughs> I think he didn't like it. <laughs> I, li- I like how he explains it. So Jared Kushner has a new book. By all means, don't go out and buy it because you'll be bored to tears. You will have wasted the money and you'll be putting money into the pocket of one of the ultimate grifters of the Donald Trump administration. Fucking A. He came out with that book quick, didn't he? probably put the two years in, probably had somebody else write it like his father-in-law does, and it's a shitty book because he wasn't willing to tell the truth. 
and being surprised that Jared Kushner is not willing to tell the truth. Don't buy the book. It's a fucking joke. There'll be better books when it's all said and done. I got to tell you, when this whole chaotic mess is over, there are going to be some really good books. And there's probably going to be a movie. I'm just anxious to see who plays each of the parts. It's going to be fucking hilarious. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast for yet another day. I want to thank you for taking the time that you did to listen. That's much appreciated. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.